Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Convinced that if you can't be real, then you're missing it, right? And so there are times when it's okay to just be real. This is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. And so I was blessed by your uh, leading us in communion. So I wanted to thank you. Um, hey, do I got any kids in here? Any, any kids? A couple big kids? Hey, all right. So I, I need the kids. Come on up here to the front for a question for, for a few minutes. This is our family service. And so we want to um, kind of just have our kids come up. And um, I want to fill them in on a couple things real quick. If she doesn't want to come, that's fine. There's no worry. I don't bite, but it, it's totally up to you. All right. How are you guys doing? Yeah? Okay. Hey, so as adults, we've been talking about forgiveness, okay? I mean, have you ever had anybody say something to you or hurt your feelings or hurt you in some way? Maybe like a brother or a sister or whatever? Every day. Okay. All right. Well, so we've got some, we've got some things here. But um, so did you know that Jesus wants us to forgive? Did you know that? That he wants you to forgive? There's a scripture that we covered last week, and I'm going to read it to you guys, okay? And so let me read it to you. It's in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Hey, Sailor, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. But this is what it said. Then Peter, you guys know who Peter is? What was he? Yes, a disciple. Said he came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? All right, you can maybe put sister. How often should my sister sin against me? And I forgive him or her. And then he says, up to seven times. But Jesus said, you guys know how many times Jesus said? 77 times. Okay, you're close. Anybody else? 100 times. All right. A thousand times. Well, okay, you're you're, you're a lot closer. Yeah. Always. Okay, well, this is how Jesus replied, right? He said, up to 70 times seven. Now, any of you guys really smart math? 70 times 7. Sort of, kind of. What do you think that is? Take a guess. 70? No. 70 times 7. Yeah, man, you got it. Way to go, right? Good job. All right, so 490 times. Is that a lot of times? Do you think that person that you just said, yeah, they, they, they've hurt my feelings or done something to me, do you think they've done it 490 times? No. Probably not. But you know what Jesus, you know what Jesus' intention was? His intention was that you would keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving. So when you said a thousand times, you were like, yeah, just keep on going and going and going. So today we're going to talk about a few things. Now, what I want you to do is, uh, when you came in, did you get this piece of paper right here? Okay, so it's got some uh, outline things, and you can fill in what some of the answers are. And then what I want you to do is, after that, come find Miss Brooks or me, and we have some candy for you to um, kind of just, you know, get you to kind of be able to, to have fun afterwards. What? 
Oh, you know the first answer? Well, wait until I I get to say it. Not you, okay? All right. So you guys go ahead and go back up there. Give them a round of applause. Man, he's already looked at my notes. What's up with that? (laughs) All right. So uh, we are continuing on in this series, I Can't Live Like This Anymore, where we've been talking about um, extending forgiveness in our relationships. And um, because really when we don't, that causes some things, um, let's just say, uh, causes us to be toxic inside. Now we might say, well, Pastor Scott, how can you say that I would be toxic if I can't forgive anyone? Well, the more we allow that stuff to just kind of grow and, and enter into our life, the more um, it just, this toxic, toxicity becomes evident, and um, honestly, to some degree, when we don't forgive and we're not walking in that, um, oftentimes that can stunt our growth in what God wants to do in our life, or the possibility of even not seeing certain things that you're praying for happen because um, we have unforgiveness in our life. There's a scripture in the Bible that says if you go to pray and you, can't, and you have unforgiveness in your heart, then man, you better take care of that first before you come and pray. That's, now, that's important, isn't it? Because oftentimes we just go ahead and we just pray. Even though, man, I'm so frustrated with that person or I'm so mad or I've got this hurt or I've got offense and all that. But Jesus said, no, no, no. What we're supposed to be doing is making sure that our hearts are pure. Our hearts are right. We are people who are walking in forgiveness. And so last week or the last couple of weeks, we've understood and we've learned that there is a flow to forgiveness that starts with God's supernatural grace in our lives, that is this this forgiveness that he gives us, that is, again, limitless. God forgives limitlessly, if that's a word. His his grace is involved in all of it. But see, the key is that we must first receive it personally. We must receive God's forgiveness in our life. That's key to, to the whole thing. Because he, he, he does. And we, we covered that a little bit last week about how he doesn't even remember it anymore. And then as we stay kind of in this flow of his forgiveness, receiving it, walking in it, knowing that, you know what, yeah, sometimes I mess up. Um, all of us kind of mess up at times, right? And so we know that if we come to him, he said, hey, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then, man, we walk right back into this relationship with him, but we've got to stay in that flow of that forgiveness. So when we do that, then it's easier for us to forgive others. It's easier for us to say, hey, you know what? I am an ambassador of the kingdom, and therefore I can go ahead and and give forgiveness, unlimitless forgiveness, to those who um, I encounter. But again, we said uh, last couple weeks, it's going to take the Holy Spirit doing the work in you. Because personally, we can't do it on our own. Because you know what? How many have flesh? And how many have flesh that likes to, to rear its head, jump up, say, no, don't do that. No, no, no. You got to be mad. You got to be angry. You got to be frustrated. You got to hold on to that thing. And we need the Holy Spirit's continued work in our life, allowing him to continue to grow us so that we can stay in that supernatural flow uh, and, and forgive people the way it's, it, God forgives us. Okay? So uh, remember this too. Okay? The goal is not about you being right. 
It's about reconciling and reestablishing broken relationships. Let me say it again. It's not about you being right, but it's about reconciling. It's about reestablishing those relationships just like God did with you. Right? Because the Bible talks about how all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so what he did is he sent his son to reconcile us back to him, to have a relationship with him. And so today we're going to, let's talk about what do we do when we are offended and we are hurt, okay? And the title of our message today is Do It God's Way. Do it God's way. That's your first one, kids, man. I'm, I'm giving you a, a bonus right there. Do it God's way. Hopefully you, you can get it. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, we thank you for just being with us today. We thank you that the kingdom of God is alive in each one of us. So continue to let us have ears to hear your voice. And let us continue to understand scripture as it is laid out to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Matthew chapter 18, we're still there. Uh, we've been in there for the last two weeks, but you'll notice this. We're kind of stair-stepping backwards. So we started off first with the parable of the unforgiving servant. Then we kind of talked about when Peter said, hey, how many times am I supposed to give, forgive? And now we're going to kind of take another couple verses, step back, and, and kind of talk about um, more of a practical approach to how do we forgive that Jesus lays out about how to handle offense or hurt or, or relationship issues uh, with other believers. Now, he's talking that way, but I think it also translates over to other people, maybe non-believers, okay? But he, he, and we kind of will walk through some of that maybe. Um, but Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17 says this. Now, this is Jesus talking. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained a brother or a sister, right? But that's reconciliation, right? Okay. He says, but if he will not hear, uh, take, but yeah, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell, them, tell, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Man, that's pretty rough, right? Okay. But see, right here we see Jesus laying out four practical steps, kind of this, this a process to go through when dealing with those who have hurt you, who have wronged you, who have offended you in some way, shape, or matter. Again, like I said, he's talking about the church as a whole, like church community. Not that any of you would do anything to offend anybody or to hurt anybody or harm you. But Jesus is saying, hey, it's possible, right? Because why? We're human, right? Church is kind of like a hospital sometimes. We got people who are hurt, who knows of what. We got people who've got all kinds of stuff coming. But the thing is, the number one thing is it's all about love. It's all about us being a community of love and saying, man, you know what? Yeah, that, man, you had a bad day today. It's okay, man, I still love you. I'm still on your side. I'm still there. I'll pray for you. Do, do whatever, whatever it is. Okay? So, again, remember, we're viewing it through the lens 
of God's grace and his limitless forgiveness. One that, you know, we have to receive first and then we give it out as well. And so one of the things before we jump into the very first one, I just want you to know that God modeled this to us as well. So what we'll be doing is kind of talking about the first point, but then we'll also kind of back it up with what God has done for us. Because God will never ask you to do anything that he hasn't done. He just won't. He's not expecting you to be, you know, Iron Man or whatever, just, you know, making it big or whatever. But he's not expecting you to be, but he, what he's expecting is that, hey, I've done this, so you, you have a, a, an ability to do it as well. Okay? So let's, let's take a look at the, each verse, right, to get to these four steps. The first one, first point, is to go to the one who has offended you. Go to the one who has offended you. Again, Matthew 18, 15 says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, or sister, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Again, it's reconciliation that we're after. So here Jesus, he gets right to the point, and He says, if someone sins, right? And that's just, you know, a picture of, 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 of what happens in relationships when, when, it, when it talks about maybe, you know, um, there's a violation that has happened or a grievance or when someone crosses the line that they shouldn't have crossed against you or maybe even caused a hurt inside of you. But here's the key I want you to understand. He says, he says, um, go and tell. So the onus is on you, not on the one who offended you. See, a lot of times we think, oh, well, man, I'm going to wait for them to come to me. I'm going to make sure that they come because, you know what, I'm not going to bow or I'm not going to, you know, try to make this thing right. Well, no, Jesus said it right then. He puts all of it on us. We are responsible to go to that person. Because if we don't, as I kind of said earlier, if we don't, then we, then we let the roots of bitterness and unforgiveness grow in our heart. And that's not good. No bueno. Not good, right? But we are supposed to. Uh, if you use today's vernacular, you are the victim. I'm the victim of someone hurting me. I'm the victim of someone saying something about me. But Jesus said, you know what? Don't play the victim. Go. And talk to that person. You are responsible. That person's not responsible. At least that's how I read it in the scripture. That person's not responsible. You are responsible. And then what happens is then you are supposed to allow them the opportunity to repent. Or to to correct what's wrong in the relationship. And so the purpose of you going is not so that you can get them to apologize, to, to, to you know, prove that they are right. But it's just to go and say, you know what? I want to reconcile my relationship with you. I want you to know what it is that has happened. You hurt me. You might not even know it, but I just need you to know that because I don't want bitterness. I don't want offense to be a part of my life in such a way where, man, now it's affecting me. This root of bitterness is in me. Oh, man, I can't stand that person. You know what they did to me? They parked in my spot at Walmart instead of me getting it. And I prayed for that spot. And it was right there. Right? And they get out of the car. You get out of the car. Walking. Yeah, that's that person. No one's ever done that before? I think I have. That's why I probably 
It's a, it's a wound of mine that's just right open, right? No. Um, but, but, but we're supposed to, to, to make sure that we are reconciling the relationship. I think, too, what it does, it also eliminates any cracks that the enemy can see that he can get in, right, to cause you to keep going on this prolonged anger, um, like kind of just internalizing. Have you ever had something happen to you and you got hurt or whatever from a, a relationship and you just internalized it? right? And you just keep thinking about it over and over and over and over and over, right? But, but is it changing anything? Is it changing your life? No. But see, Jesus has given us an example. What you need to do is don't sit there and go over and over and over and, and wait for them to try to come to you. No, what you do is you go to them and just say, hey, this offended me. It's up to them whether they're going to say something. But you know what you did? You just released yourself in a way that I can't even tell you, it's freedom. But it's because you're doing it scripturally. You're going to the person first. Right? And, and if we don't, then you know what? That soil, our soil of our heart becomes, you know, that bitterness. And that, that what happens in the bitterness, then what happens is the fruit of bitterness begins to grow in our life. Right? Because every root has a fruit. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, and all of a sudden now this, this fruit of bitterness begins to live in our life, you know, and that, that fruit could look like, you know, anger, like you're angry, right? These kind of unrational um, temper tantrums that sometimes are your quick temper, okay? Or um, you're cynical about everything, you're gossiping about everything. That's the fruit of bitterness. See, and, and God doesn't want us to have the fruit of bitterness in our life. He wants us to have the, 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 the fruit of freedom. This is what the author of Hebrews tells us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15 says, pursue peace with all people. What? Okay, not just those in the body of Christ. We are really supposed to pursue peace with every single person. It says, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Wow, that, man, I, I didn't even go deep into that at all, but think about that. Verse 15, looking carefully, let anyone fall short, careful, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many are defiled. The, the root of bitterness defiles people. It just does. And, he, and he's trying, that, that scripture is just saying, hey, man, many people have been defiled by it. Many people have been affected by this root of bitterness. Many people have it in their lives, yet they're not willing to get rid of it. They're not willing to do something in order to, to, to till the land to get that garbage out. So we can't live. We can't live in there because the root of, of bitterness is like poison to our soul. And, and here's the thing. It, it'll affect you, it'll affect your heart, and it'll affect your spiritual walk as well. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 3 says this. Remember, again, we're talking about you need to go to that person. It says in Luke 17, 3, If your brother sins against you or your sister sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, what? Forgive him. Now, I want you to understand Rebuking doesn't mean you treat someone else like the devil, okay? It means that you go in love 
and you go in patience, right? Long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit coming out of your life. It's not like, yeah, you know, just slamming it in their face. But see, that, that's, that's our flesh that rises up when that happens. And so it's just honestly sharing with them what the offense is. Now, can I give you a little secret to it? Pray before you go. Pray before you go, okay? All right, I've got this situation. I've got this offense. I've got this thing. Corey, man, he did something to me, and I've like, you know, been really frustrated and ticked off at him and that and everything. And so Corey's like, hey, I'm just living life. I don't even know what's going on. But I'm like, Ooh. what's that? Oh, he stood me up for coffee. Yeah, he did do that. But I hold no offense, right? So I'm supposed to go to Corey to be able to talk to Corey about it or, or to say, hey, Corey, I just want you to know I felt really hurt that you didn't show up to coffee. And uh, man, it really hurt my feelings and I was offended by it, right? And then Corey can say, well, I'm so sorry. I, I really didn't mean to, which he already has, just to make it clear. <laughs> or Corey can say, grow up, get over it. But see, the key, what I'm trying to get is the fact is what I should do is I should pray before I go to Corey and say, Lord, first of all, touch my heart to walk in love. Touch my heart to be at peace with him. Let me be long-suffering and have patience no matter what he says. And then, Lord, soften his heart as well. Soften his heart so, so they can just hear me where I'm coming from. Man, I'll tell you what, prayer does wonders. It really does. And so that's just kind of a a bonus for you, all right? Pray before you go when you address someone, right? Okay? And then back in in, in Matthew 18, um, it also says that we are are to go alone, right? And in 1 Peter 4, 8, uh, I think the reason why is because, you know what? It says this, love will cover a multitude of sin. Right? So I'm not bringing five people with me to go talk to Corey, where Corey feels trapped. No, I'm going to him alone and saying, hey, Corey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Again, like I said, there's nothing going on there. I just, you know, he's, he's just the guy in the front row and he gets picked on today. But it says, love will cover a multitude of sin. And it just gives them the opportunity to apologize, right? To, to re- reconcile the relationship. So how did God model that with us? Well, see, God convicts us of sin individually. He comes to you first, and he's like, hey, you messed up. You shouldn't have responded that way. I'm guilty of that sometimes. You know, marriage, right? Where sometimes it just kind of, Man, I don't know what happens. Like, you just, something triggers. The Irish in me triggers, I guess. And I, I, I snap back, right? And I, and I shouldn't have snapped at all, but I just did. But then, you know, I'll walk away, and man, I'm telling you what, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, man, he's on me. Like, white on rice. Dude, you screwed up, bro, <laughs> Right? And so I got to go and I got to make it right. I got to be able to say, hey, I, 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 I messed it up. So he convicts us of sin individually and he does it privately first. It's between you and him. And he gives you that opportunity to repent. He gives you that opportunity to make it right in the relationship with him. 
And we know that, you know, God came to us first. You know, we know John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? See, he, he made the, the step first. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 even says this, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He took the initial step. And we have to, to recognize that God came for each one of us through his son so that what? Our relationship with him could be reconciled. That it could be in right, I guess, standing with each other. So, then it's up to the brother or sister to say, yes, I want to, or no, I don't want to be reconciled. Which then leads us to our second step. Now, understand this. We go from one step to the next step. So, you don't give up on the first step. If the first step didn't work, and they're like, yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Forget you. Corey says, forget you. Right? I didn't do anything wrong. by sleeping too late, not putting my alarm on or whatever. So then the second part of it, the second step is take another with you to the one who has offended you. Now, remember, we're talking about within the body of Christ, but this can also be used outside of the body of Christ. So first you go to that person, even if they're a believer or unbeliever, and you talk to them about it. If they don't budge at all, then you can take another person with you. Matthew 18, 6 uh, says, But if, if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, uh, every word may be established. Again, here you go. The onus is on us. Okay? So it's not, oh yeah, it didn't work, man, I went, they didn't, eh, you know, and then that's it. No, if, if you really have this deep desire, which you should, to reconcile the relationship, then it might be, might be wise. Or like what he's saying is bring another person with you. Bring another person with you. Because reconciling is the goal. So we don't give up on going alone. We take someone else with us. And the reason why is so that person can help mediate the conversation can kind of be there to listen to both sides of the story, right? And, and think about it. That person then can maybe assign responsibility differently or equally, right? Because you know your, your version of it is always slanted towards you. Come on, right? Yeah, it's always slanted towards you. But this way you have someone who can listen, kind of hear, understand, and then be able to kind of say, well, man, you're kind of in the wrong too, Pastor Scott, because you did that to Corey about uh, four months ago. What? I did, actually. <laughs> but he forgave me. But, but here's the thing. It's going to take humility to do that. Because now you've brought another person or two people into the, to the, to the thing, and they might call you out and say, well, man, you, I don't know why you're in such a pinch or why you're so upset. What they did wasn't that bad. What, what happened there wasn't, you know, something like that. But see, what our flesh, <laughs> we want to take care of ourselves. 
We want to make sure that we're justified, that we've got all the things. But man, sometimes we have to turn the lens and look right at us and say, oh man, I can falter just as easy as that person faltered with me. This is what Proverbs 18, 17 says. It says, the first one to plead his case, oh, I'm sorry, first one to plead his cause seems right, right? Until, I love that, his neighbor comes and examines him. That's scripture. That's not just Pastor Scott's philosophy. That's scripture until his neighbor comes and examines him. So again, that's humility. You've got to be able to humble yourself to say, hey, if I'm missing this, then, then give me correction. If I'm, I'm off, let, let, let me know. So how then does God do this with us, right? God, did you know that God uses relationships in our life to show us where we need to repent, where we need to make a change? so that we can walk in right relationship with him. Proverbs 27, 17 says, And I, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Think about it, That's church relationship right there. If I see a brother or sister stumbling or doing something or, or living away, then you know what? I, man, as a brother or sister in the Lord, I should be able to say, Hey, can I talk to you about something? Can I share something with you that, that I'm just noticing? And they might not even notice, right? They might not have any clue. Let's just say in the Ten Commandments, you know what? The Bible says, don't pick your nose. I know that's kind of funny, but you, I'm just, right? And you're picking your nose in service. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, I, I know that's kind of a way out there example, but... But the thing is, is you know what? If, if they're doing something that is unscriptural, right? It's not spiritually sound. Then as a community, because we love one another, we're in community with one another, then, you know, we should be at least open for someone to come to us and say, hey, can I ask you a question about something? Are, are you, and, and be open to that. So it says that iron sharpens iron. You guys know, like, when you take... Um, how many have ever had a dull knife before, right? You're going to cut something and your, knife, your knife's dull. So you get one of those other pieces of steel and you scrape it or whatever in order to get it sharpened, okay? But it doesn't happen unless you get the two things together. So one person is one side of the, the thing and the other person is the other side of the thing. Again, but you do it in love. You do it with patience. It's not, man, I'm going to slam you right? It's not that. But see, the thing is, we have to understand that, you know what? We, again, you do it privately, you go, but then he uses relationships to challenge us. How many of you know the story about David and um, the prophet Nathan? Okay, David was supposed to go to war. Instead, David goes up on the housetop with his binoculars. I don't think they had binoculars back then, but you know, and he sees Bathsheba. Next, you know, him and her, you know. And so he committed sin. It started with the fact he didn't do what God told him to do, and that was to go to war. But he committed sin. And then he also killed Bathsheba's wife. And had he made it right with God? No. But who comes along? Who did God use? The prophet Nathan. And he tells him this story. Hey, dude, there's some things going on here. And then David recognizes, oh my gosh, 
I'm in sin. I have not made this right with the Lord. See, God will use people in order to help us understand so we can walk in relationship with him. We can repent. We can get things right. Okay, so then Jesus said, hey, now they still won't. They still won't say, yeah, you're right. I repent. I, you know, they just don't want to reconcile the relationship. Then it goes the next step, which is number three. Okay? And it says, involve a pastor or a leader. That's the third step. So we got go to them individually. Go and take someone else with you as a kind of a mediator to listen. And then the third thing, hey, if they don't, still don't say it, bring in a pastor or a leader. Matthew chapter 18, verse 17 says, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church, okay? Again, I can't overemphasize this. The onus is on us to make this right, okay? The onus is on us to go to the church community, listen, and get them involved, but not to gossip, okay? Not to, to bring them in front of the church publicly and humiliate them, now, Paul goes into that in, 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 in some other scripture for a practice, but that's not what it's talking about here. But instead, what we should do is go get a pastor or a leader or a connect group leader and bring them into the conversation. Bring them in so that they can actually shed some light scripturally on what's going on, on what's taking place, what has occurred. And then he can, they can encourage kind of a spiritual pathway towards repentance to get people to restore this relationship. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. You said that this kind of connects with unbelievers. Well, they don't want to go hear a pastor speak, tell them that. Okay, well, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with you going to your pastor and saying, hey, this is my uh, situation I'm in. This is, do you have any spiritual advice? Do you have any uh, a thought, idea, anything that you can give me or show me in Scripture, how I can navigate this thing? And then, then you go again, and you talk. But, it, but you know, because I, I bet half the time they'll just say, heck no, I'm not going to that. Okay? But the whole thing is for them to shed some light. Galatians 6.1 says this, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, okay, which means all of us are capable of sinning, all of us are capable of allowing our flesh to take over, okay? It says, you who are spiritual, restore. Okay, that word restore is about like resetting a bone so that it becomes complete. Okay, make it whole again. So it says, you who are spiritual, restore such a, such a one in the spirit of what? Gentleness. Not in the spirit of, man, I'm, I'm out after you. I'm going to, man, I'm going to pound this thing. Just, hey, let's talk about these things. So the point is not that, you know, put a person in a corner and say, hey, I'm against you. We're against you. The church is against you. Instead, if they've crossed the line, then you are coming and you are saying, hey, in humility and gentleness, there's some things going on here and we need to, we need to take, a, take a look at it. So God uses church community, listen, to challenge us sometimes, right? And then give us the opportunity to repent. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of son, but exhorting one another, right? Exhorting one another in love. 
So God has called pastors and leaders and small group leaders, those who are spiritually along, right, to challenge the community to those around and be able to say, hey, man, I challenge you, but I exhort you. I exhort you to go after the things of God. Do all that you can to be locked into what God has for you. And if that means that, you know, you got to take a look and say, hey, you're not biblically living the way you're supposed to, then hopefully I would, I, I, man, my, my heart is, is that you're growing to a place in your maturity to where you would say, yeah, you're right, man, I am going to repent. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to turn the, the other way. Now, let's get to this last point here real quick, is the fact that, you know what, he says, well, if that doesn't work, okay, then... Uh, verse 17, the second part of it says, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Oof, right? So basically what he means by that is we are to draw a clear line and create healthy boundaries. Okay? That's our fourth and final step. Draw clear lines and create heavenly boundaries. Healthy boundaries, sorry. Now, this is after you've done everything. Right? We've talked about the first step, the second step, the third step to the best of your, your degree to reconcile. And if the party still refuses, I think then Jesus says it's okay to draw healthy lines, right? Create some healthy boundaries for yourself. In 2 Corinthians 6, this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Now, um, I'm sure you've heard enough probably in your church life about the yoke and what the yoke is for, how it's a wooden bar that goes across and it keeps the oxen in unison together to go in a straight line, to, to pull a load or to, to do, you know, plow a field or whatever it is. But, and, and when they both work together, there's strength right? The job can be accomplished. But when they're not together and they're unequally yoked and one ox is stronger than the other, then what happens is they end up going in circles because one is leading the other. And in a sense, they're just kind of just going around and around. Have you ever been in relationships that just keep going around and around and around in circles that are unhealthy? Let's put it that way, probably. Well, that's kind of the idea in a way. We're just, it gets to the point where, hey, you know what? I, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to talk to you. But maybe I just can't keep company with you anymore. I can't keep doing this because I keep getting led in a wrong direction or, or, or whatever it is. Or, man, it's just causing so much frustration in my life. And there's so much offense and, and bitterness inside of me. I, I just need to create some boundaries. I just need to draw a line and create, create a boundary. Now, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. How? Because how, how, God, God um, loves everyone, right? He says, man, no, God loves everyone. He, he would never, ever do that. Well, let me give you a couple of scriptures just to prove that God does have some boundaries, okay? Especially for those who refuse to acknowledge him as Lord. In Romans chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, it says, therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. Who gave them up? God did. In the lust of their heart, because they refused to acknowledge God as who he is. 
Then verse 26 says, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. God created a boundary there. He says, all right, if you do not want to correct yourself, if you do not want to put this and repent and reconcile our relationship, then you know I'm, I'm turning you over. I'm setting up a, a clear line. I'm setting up this boundary here. And you know what? Until you come back, he'll always forgive, but the person has to come back to him. Okay? One, one other scripture. So we know John 3.16, right? We, we've already said that. Okay, but, but we, what we sometimes forget is John 3, 36. Because it says this, those who repent, right? So if you are, those who don't repent, if you repent, John 3, 16 is for you, right? You'll have everlasting life, it's all good, whatever. But then let's see what happens to those who refuse to repent. It says, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. I serve a loving God. Yeah, but God's like, hey, you know what? I want relationship with you, but if you're going to keep refusing and you're going to keep not just doing your sin and doing your things, then you know what? I can't. I can't do this. I'm going to put a, a, a boundary on you. Again, all it takes is someone to come to him and say, God, I've got issues. I've sinned. I've done this. I and man, his heart is open to forgive. It's limitless. So God does allow this separation just for those people who don't. Take action. Don't repent. Do those things. And so as we kind of wrap up today, we are to do everything in our power to walk right in in right relationships, to reconcile broken relationships, fractured, whatever you want to call them. Because relationships are important. Right? They're important. God has called us as a church body to walk in community together. And we have to start looking at that as a gift to us. God has given you a gift to have relationships with people in the body of Christ, even outside of the body. But again, you've got to watch. You've got to be able to discern, like, I don't know, whatever. So we've got to move beyond the, the, the darkness and the toxicity of our offense Right? Get beyond this allowing bitterness to take root in our heart and just begin to do it God's way. Take those four steps and say, okay, I'll, I'll start at the first when someone does that. And kind of work, work your way through. And if, and if it's one of those things where you, you go through all four steps, be led by the Holy Spirit, by the way. Right? But go through all four steps with love and kindness. Right? Just go to those with, with a humble heart, with humility, with passion, with, with long-suffering, patience, and say, hey, this is what's going on. Can we work this out? But remember, it's on you, not on them. And it's going to take humility. But you can do it. You have the ability to do it. And again, God never asks you to do anything that he hasn't already done. Amen? All right, well, bow your heads and let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we are so gracious, thankful, and, and so um, amazed at your graciousness. Holy Spirit, speak to us just throughout this week. If there is any offense, any um, bitterness in our heart, anything that's in there that should not be there, Holy Spirit, I ask that in each one of us, you would just begin to um, pull back the curtain on those things. 
and help us to see where that is and then help us to just be in a state of humility to come to you and say, Lord, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need the Holy Spirit's help. I can't do this in my own power. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will, you will help. You will come. I thank you for just the, 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 the leading that you're going to do this week in our lives. Lord, help us to have a heart set this here and then actually put it to action. We, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing inside of us. And we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Corey, want to come up? Close this out. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.